You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. Scarface is one of those movies that suddenly people are like glamorizing and romanticizing. That's the thing, too. In it's like the early 2000s and stuff, it's like, oh, Scarface. It's really not that good of a movie. It's not that good. And also, I think they, they've turned the message. They're glamorizing the lifestyle. And it's Tony like, Montana. It, isn't that movie like a, like, a, a, a warning? Yeah, for? It's a cautionary tale. Thank you. Some might say. That's what I'm looking for. For building your own drug empire. Yeah. And wanting to fuck your cousin? Was it his cousin? Oh, I wow. Think it was his cousin. No. Oh, well. Yeah. No, he wasn't playing Wow. There was no World of Warcraft then, Joel. Come on. I didn't realize incest was a storyline. Dude, did anybody... Scarface. Speaking of Warcraft, did mm-hmm. you see that Warcraft movie that came out? No, why would I? Isn't that for <laughs> I children? I don't know. It's full of animation. You fucking love it. You jizz love, when you see fucking CG work. I love good animation. It didn't so look I like, like some bad of the animation. Stuff. It didn't look like it was bad well, animation. Well, that's the thing. The tools and the talent have got... We got the tools. Got the tools. We got the, got the talent. talent. Have gotten so cheap nowadays um, that, uh, yeah, anybody can do it. We have a little 3D animation department in our I office know, right? as well. There's like and porn. Those guys are awful. There's porn with great special effects Just nowadays. Just kidding. What? Yeah. What? Oh, oh! I did see clips of a. Um, was it X Men? No. What was it? <laughs> was it the Avengers one? I'm talking about like back in. I think it was 2003. Mm-hmm. They released a movie called Pirates. Yeah, it was this porno called Pirates. It was like the largest budget for a porno movie ever, and right? it was millions of dollars. It was like. It was fucking hilarious. We got him at the radio station. This is back when I was working at the Eagle. It's probably stuff I I don't need to share. About. <laughs> but it was the one time I watched porn with like other dudes. <laughs> That's because, always an awkward endeavor. Because it was like this whole like, oh dude, it's this like it's it's the highest budget. So we're like, okay, we sat down, mm-hmm. had a few beers, and we were watching it. Mm-hmm. The fucking movie is funny as shit. Like is the it? Di- like, but like it intentionally, is n- intentionally, like oh, okay. the dialogue is legitimately fucking funny. Whoever wrote it was like. Really, kudos to you, sir, wow. because that was some fine script writing. Interesting. With, like, 40 minutes of fucking kind of thrown into. <laughs> so they got Bruce Valanche to punch up the porn? <laughs> As he throwed confetti? No, that, that, was, that wasn't Bruce Valanche. That's the guy from uh, a That was Rip Taylor. Yeah, there yes. you go. Ah! No, no. It was Rip Taylor. No, different guy. Rip the Taylor guy, threw the confetti. The guy who wore the, the kerchief, the neck kerchief? Yeah. I don't think that was Rip Taylor. What? They think that was Paul Lind. Paul Lind. Okay, but Rip Taylor threw the confetti. Okay, then we're combining the two. Yeah. Our <laughs> our powers combined. Form of confetti. <laughs> yeah, I never saw that one though. But uh, oh, it, it was it, it was uh, Captain America. That's the porn. There that I we saw go. The clips to him. So, yeah, yeah, so Captain Winter that. Soldier. <laughs> <laughs> just straight up, that movie is like porn. Yeah, you were just in porn. your pants watching that film. Uh, this it. is the editing bay on the Next Wave Radio Network. My name's Joe. <laughs> My Joe. And this is where we come to talk about movies. I'm not sure I'm comfortable with that lead-in. Sometimes they're good movies. Sometimes they're bad movies. Sometimes they're movies full of cock. Yeah, like the vagina, go- like this week's movies, <laughs> like the goobers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, whatever the case may be, we'll watch a movie every week and then come back here and analyze it, talk about it with one another, talk yeah. about what it did right, what it did wrong, and we also extend that conversation to you, our lovely Editing Bay listeners. You can talk back to us on Facebook in the search bar, type in the Editing Bay, and a little image of a woman with bleeding eyes will come up. That's going to be us. Click on that. That's how you could join us 
in the discussion every week mm-hmm. on the editing base. So this week is your pick. This is my pick. This has been on the list for a while. This is um, a movie that I, I haven't seen in at least 15 years or so. I know it last year celebrated its 30th anniversary. That's right. And uh, I think that's probably about the time it got added to the list. Just looking for an opportune moment. And uh, we're kind of in the dry boom, spell boom, here. Boom, boom. I could always... Boom, boom. Fine. Oh, are you doing boom, the music? You know? ORV. You know? Bullet hole. That's one of the things about this film, The Goonies, by the way, that was actually really good. The music. I remember it. I remembered it as if I had just seen it for the first time yesterday. Yeah. Uh, it really stuck with me, and I was like, wow, who was this? And I went to look it up, and the guy's name was like David Gerson or yeah, something? David Gerson, what? and he didn't do a whole lot. He did nothing else, it yeah. appears. Yeah. Like, uh, how is that possible? I, I, have, I have no clue. How do you have it, such great themes in you for a children's film, and then not go... Which makes me think maybe he's dead. Maybe that's he what I thought too. I was about to say, did he did he die at an early age? Maybe I should look this up. You should look it up. That would be, it would be a great tribute. <laughs> a great tribute to Dave Gerson, Gershwin, been a long George Gershwin. Time. Without you, my friend. Dude, I want to see somebody recut the Goonies and it'd be like Mikey and like One-Eyed Willie. Just like... Uh-huh. And it just be like the Slow cave-in. Up. He's watching the cave-in, and it's just like shots of One-Eye Willie, <laughs> and then back to Mikey on the beach, uh, maybe taking a hit off of his inhaler. One-Eyed Willie, by the way, is the pirates, uh, that, uh, the, one of the, the, the MacGuffins of this film, okay. if you've not seen Goonies. What, what I want to know right off the bat is, mm. this is obviously a movie that you weren't allowed to watch as a kid, right? No, I, no, are you kidding? This movie is for kids. Really? Yeah. Is it for kids? It is, yes. It's for kids yeah. and only for kids. With I would the language? It. With the language? Oh, well, it was, okay. Characters he, named One-Eyed Willie? But you, you, look at um, Stand By Me. Yes, that's a rated R film, and yes, there's some dark themes in there, but uh, they Written curse by a lot, King. and I don't know about you, but... Um, when the night has come, and so do the pirates in that porno. That's a callback. Joe and Joe, we're talking about five seconds ago. Um, so darling, Shit. darling, come on, on me. me. Have they made that? Is that the, the come on me? The, the stand by me uh, well, porn no, parody? No, you can't do that because it's come the, on the, me. the movie stars kids. It, what, dude, <laughs> okay. Well, I'm just saying, what's the point of doing a parody of something if you're just going to change it completely? What? I don't know. <sighs> can we get... I was going to say... It's called we, The Body. I was going to say, originally can we get off of this? The Body. That's right. That was the, the name of the short story. By Stephen King. Stephen. Uh, <laughs> Stephen, Stephen King. King. Richard Bachman. <laughs> Um, oh, I still want to know about this composer, whether or not he uh, George Gershwin still with us. That's right. Yeah, most definitely <laughs> Marvin not Hamlish. with us anymore. David Grusin. David Grusin. Nope, he's eighty-two years old. Wow. Does is there anything else on his? Uh... Mm, <laughs> the Graduate. He did the Snuggle commercial and uh, Hope Floats. Nineteen ninety-eight's oh, Hope. Floats. That's what killed his career. <laughs> <laughs> he took a thirty-year break, came back to do a do shitty think, Sandra Bullock. Do film. you think that he threw in like it was just music from the Goonies that he was recycling? It again? starts to get suspect. It's, we're getting into Matt Damon, Ben Affleck actually writing Goodwill Hunting territory. Yeah, I don't buy it. You don't think they did? I think Kevin Smith wrote that film. I think so. I think they were friends with him. It's got kind of his feel all over it. I think they uh, they came up with the story. I but think, they uh, had already written it and produced the movie when uh, Kevin Smith was working with Ben Affleck for the first time. No. Like they were working on Mallrats when Ben Affleck took off to go and grab and get the Oscar. No, I thought that no was no way, it. dude. No, it was at no. 
Or I'm maybe gonna, it was during Chasing Amy. I'm going to look. Chasing Amy, I buy. Yes, I think. But wow. I think. Uh, I don't know. That's always been my feel because so they were all think, really you, tight. Yeah, you think Kevin Smith wrote the he he punched it up maybe I don't I think he did more than punch it up I think that's that's a Kevin Smith script although have you I mean have you watched when was the last time you've watched Good Will Hunting mm, yeah it's been a good decade probably. I mean there's there's some stuff in there that's like okay above his I could, yeah I could see Kevin Smith writing some of the dialogue okay. between characters but like there are some moments that I'm like this is beyond Kevin then Smith. if not Kevin Smith I, I guess my my takeaway is that it's it's Increasingly hard to believe that Matt Damon and Ben Affleck had something to do with it when they haven't written a script since. They haven't. And it's, you can make the case that, well, their acting careers took off and they just, that's what they really wanted to do anyway. But it's like, if you're that good of a writer, if you're that passionate about film, like, you get back. Well, I guess Wait, ben didn't Affleck's Ben Affleck co-write The Town? Yeah, you might be right. You might be shooting goals. <laughs> co-write, whatever. In the same way that Steven Spielberg co-wrote <laughs> Goonies. Yeah, in the way that Steven Spielberg co-directed the attack of the what was it revenge of the sith oh yeah you, do you have anything to substantiate that you I always don't. bring that up i don't it just sounds i'm like just because the final bit of that movie like that part of the movie mm-hmm. there are just moments that i'm like wow suddenly in this prequel trilogy we're seeing some stuff that's directed like skillfully yeah looks nice and i don't think george lucas is suddenly going to be right he's not he's not at that point and and that's for anybody it's not just george lucas any any auteur <laughs> you stop learning at some point. Yeah. And it's a sad state. Like they always say, the right. moment you stop learning, you become stagnant. That's right. And the thing is, that's what happened with George. And I don't see this billionaire suddenly being told like, maybe I should consider directing a different <laughs> style. Right. Yeah. But uh, I, I think any number of second unit directors on that film could have could have taken over for this a day and be true. like, all right, this is where I'm going to I don't think Spielberg's directed any movies since 1998. Yeah, you don't think so? No. Well, he just came out with the, the big fucking gun, I think, BFG. I think Flintstones was the last movie he directed. He did not direct the Flintstones. He did direct the Flintstones. He did not direct the Flintstones. I think he tried to direct the Flintstones, Joe, you're just and then trying he put to it under somebody else's name. Raise my ire. <laughs> uh, update, uh, Ben Affleck did in fact write the screenplay for The Town. There you go, buddy. And for Gone Baby Gone? Gone Baby Gone. Oh, but see, those are, he's Gone Baby Gone, Baby Baby Gone Gone. He does not have soul credit. No. Well, neither... I got soul credit. How about the Goonies? Let's talk yeah, about the Goonies. I was going to say, none of those people are in or have a relation to the Goonies, unfortunately. Yeah, it is unfortunate. So, the Goonies. Uh, well, let's, what, settle, 19- let's settle whether this is a kid's film or not, though. I don't I think it's think a it kid's is. film. I, I don't. How can you say that? It's uh, for kids. Because, like... You're going back to the cursing? Kids are saying, damn it. And like they see a lot of they, shit. They threaten to throw a, a child's hand into a blender. Yeah, it's a little dark, but I just think it's 1980s dark. Remember, this is like we had Temple of Doom, where people were and that movie their wasn't for kids either. No, and yet it was rated PG. I think, yeah, because uh, that that's, was PG-13. That's all we have. No, it, it it's wasn't PG-13 created for that movie. I thought I think the movie came out. There was such such an uproar. It's an uproar. <laughs> that uh, you are spending a lot of like already on this episode of the podcast, you are spending a lot of time researching so many things. You know what, Joel? There's something that we do not we do not do here on the editing bay. Uh, research. research. <laughs> we true. don't research. I used to. What we are experts at is throwing just random things out and yeah. trying to play them off oh. as fact. Oh, oh, oh! That, uh, <laughs> I had a correction from last week. What was yeah? it? We said something uh, that was that was incorrect. Oh, I think I said. Um, I used the word Martin Mull instead of Richard Mull. <laughs> Richard Mull. You had recast. Or uh, I said Martin Mull. No, I said Martin Mull. I, I, oh, I no, because it. I was talking about Highlander, the TV show. Yeah, but. And that the the villain of the first episode of the TV show was, was Richard Mull. Yeah, but Bull, I think Bull I, from Night Court. Bull from Night Court. Yeah. And I think, 
Well, I'm trying to take the bullet for you, but whatever. I'll let you, you take whatever. the credit, man. Thanks for jumping on that grenade. I jump on that grenade. Either way, we were wrong. It okay. was Richard Mole and not Martin Mole. We're uh, we're wrong a lot, guys. Let's okay. cut this part out. Let's just <laughs> let's just. But I just want to let's just establish that right now. <laughs> we are experts at nothing. Joel is an expert at uh, creating awesome awesome arcades in his backyard. <laughs> oh that's, yeah, looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to that too. We'll talk about that next week. Yes, we will. Hopefully, all goes okay. All right, so. So uh, the what Goonies. Were we Th- that it was no 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 Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Oh yeah, I gotta figure out where that came out. <laughs> I abandoned my search because now I want to know. All right, I want to know what you're thinking. It's cool that we're singing all these songs that take place like around that in time. In that eighties, we're yeah. in that eighties frame of mind. Nineteen eighty four is when Indiana Jones came out, and, and it is in fact PG. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. I, I think that's what they're thinking. I, myself, like many other young children at the time, were traumatized by some of the images put forth. What was the film. part that you walked away from that movie most traumatized from? Uh, the, the, it, oh, um, it might surprise you. For me, it was uh, that dude being lowered into a, a well, lava pit. Shibari. Yeah. Well, Mom Shabari. Yeah, the, well, Mom because Shibari. the intensity well, as it's growing. Kalima. Mom Shabari. Kalima. Mom Shabari. Kalima. Great soundtrack. Just watching the skin being seared off of his body. Great soundtrack. I'm going to tell you what, man. Uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom may not be the best Indiana Jones movie, but it is one hell of like a a pulpy adventure film. Oh, of course. It's so fucking good in that respect. The standalone scenes in that film, uh, there's some great great moments, some Uh great action pieces. I, I did not think that it was the weakest of the Indiana Jones films. Well, not anymore. <laughs> Definitely not anymore. <laughs> you know they're making a part five? Uh, why? Confirmed? Why? I don't know. Why? Because what? I mean, uh, because money. Do you think that Indiana Jones can be salvaged? Do you think that even like now that it's in the hands of Disney, do you think Indiana Jones can be saved? I think if, if they want to do anything, we need to we need to do what they did in Last Crusade, except this time the crotchety old man is Harrison Ford. Didn't we, we do that in the, the Force Awakens? Uh, y- yes, but <laughs> it worked so well there. Let's do it again, and then you can kill him off, or at least we can figure out how he got that eye patch. You remember in the TV show? Yeah, TV series, old indie. Had an eye patch. Oh, that's oh, yeah. right. Oh, we can't kill him off because he makes it to like eighty. Yeah, that's right. In that in the canon of uh, Indiana Jones. Yes, the Nick Cannon. <laughs> you do that of every Indiana time. Jones. Uh, so the Goonies. Yeah, they just wanna. Also rated. They just wanna have. Oh, that's girls. <laughs> Goonies are just good enough. Uh, it was it, that also was released in eighty five and rated PG. Nineteen eighty five was a hell of a year, my friend. Yeah. Ghostbusters. Oh yeah. Wasn't that 1985? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Back to the Future. I'm going to agree because I don't want to look it up again. <laughs> the Pelican Brief? <laughs> no. <laughs> Which one of those does not fit? Uh, no. So the Goonies. Can we talk about this movie? Because I actually watched this. Yeah, we're like 20 minutes in. Yeah. Oh, good. For a change. You did your I duty know. for the we're podcast. for the teacher. It's time to teach now, you. New- I don't know let's talk about. Let's talk about. Let's talk, talk about, about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about the last time you watched this film before. Oh, I was about to say, it was this afternoon, John. <laughs> no, I oh. mean, before I forced you to watch uh, it again. I watched a, uh, I think I went to a viewing of it at the Inwood Theater, Midnight ah, midnight Movie, recently? at the Inwood Theater, probably about six years ago, six, seven years ago. Ah, and, yeah. and so between then and now, are, have your feelings changed? No. Are you kind of in the same, yo, no, you're no. in the same vein? No, 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 no. I feel, I feel the same way about this movie that I felt about it back in 1985. And what are those feelings, John? Uh, I love this movie. Yeah, I do think, you? I think it's great. I think it's fun. It's, uh, you know... I, I disagree that it's for children, that it's solely for children. Yeah. Like, I see the DVD cover, and I see, like, the Warner Brothers logo with, like, Bugs Bunny sticking his head out. And I'm right. like, I don't think that's entirely appropriate. <laughs> I really don't. Yeah? Yeah. 
I, I don't. I, don't I, I think this film is exclusively like for children. There's, there's a scene where this douche is like trying to readjust his mirror to look down yeah. Andy's blouse well, or listen, upper skirt. Because it's kind of a, it's a coming of age story. So it's it's aimed at tweeners, I would say. So you're right. You're not going to take your nine-year-old to this. But um, no. man, you get past not a certain th- age. Not now. Now you wouldn't. I mean, my father took us to see this movie <laughs> when it first came out in the theaters. Well, yeah. You know, he, he took us to see this, and it seemed fine. I don't think he was worried one bit. In fact, he's in the other. I had asked him if he wanted to come on and oh, talk. Oh, that would have been great. He was like, no, I love that movie, but I don't want to. I don't want to. I'll let you guys <laughs> That's talk. That's too bad. It's like, fuck. You do a great impersonation every day. Thanks. Though. I appreciate that. We're, we're, we're related. How did you not Only get by an, blood, though. How did you not get an accent? <laughs> How did I not get an accent? Yeah. Because I moved to Texas when I was 13. Oh, wow. So it kind of works its way out of your system. But for the first so now I've 13 got this, years of your life. I've got this weird Midwest, like I could come from anywhere. Kind it's a of little thing. bit, yeah. You're, you're androgynous. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to use what? that word as it relates to uh, accents. You're regionally androgynous. There you go. I love that. Regional androgyny. Ew. That's going to be the name of my first album. That's the next porn movie. Hello. My name is David Bowie, <laughs> and this is my band, Regional Androgyny. <laughs> Two, three, four. Na 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 na. We'll jump. <laughs> bon Jovi. David Bowie does Bon Jovi. <laughs> um, I have to disagree with you. Yeah, uh, you can disagree with me all you want. This movie for me did not hold up. But you up. can't cheat death. death. Um, another. There's Scott Pilgrim reference number one. <laughs> everybody. Thanks for pointing for those that of out. you playing at You're home. You're like Abed from Community. Like <laughs> you point out what the reference is. That's right. It's nice. It's a fun game that it's, I play with myself. Uh-huh. <laughs> Speaking of playing with myself. No, I was in a room full of uh, of adults our age, uh, you know, mid 30s, we'll uh-huh. say. I can still call it no, well, late 30s, I guess. Yeah. Uh, one of, one of them was maybe 40. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, we're 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 pushing another decade. And um, it did not play as well as uh, we we remember playing it as a child and uh, I, I, I feared that this might be the result, and in fact, that is how I felt. Wow. Um, that it, for me, it did not hold up. For me... Were it, you watching it with a bunch of people who were trying to like no. mystery science theater it no, the whole no, time? No, no, because we all went, hey, Goonies, we love Goonies, let's watch Goonies again. We're going to sit sure. down and watch Goonies and see how it holds up. Yeah. And it just, um, you know what it is, and maybe, you know, because some of the people in the room had children. Uh, uh-huh. I do not. I'm not planning on it. And this movie reaffirms my decision <laughs> to not have children, because... This is like going to a nine-year-old's birthday party for two hours. What about a one-year-old's birthday like party? Just, well, that that was actually quieter because <laughs> the kids played in the corner. Um, and most of them could not speak, and the adults <laughs> were having adult time. Gotcha. Uh, this is all kid time all the time. and you were, it, it was their time. <laughs> their, their time, time down, down there. there. <laughs> <laughs> but um, if you've ever been to like a loud, you know, just like a lot of screaming, a lot of... Have you ever been to a mini golf a lot of, uh, establishment? <laughs> That's pretty much it. If That's you, true, yeah. If you've ever been to a mini golf place or a video arcade. But at least you can get away from people there. Yeah. This one was just like in your face and uh, a lot of a lot of kids talking over each other loudly, kind of like this podcast. You know what, though? That's one of the things that I liked about this movie. It has a great it had, energy. It had that, well, it had a great energy, but it has that touch of realism that, that Spielberg also established in E.T., Mm-hmm. Where like, you know, there's the family and they're in the house and everyone's kind of talking over each other mm-hmm. because it's not really important. It just it breathes life. It gives life to what's going on. It adds a little bit of realism yeah. because in real life, people are talking over each other. Oh, of course. Either the, the that David or you Mamet get style. steamrolled. You get, maybe not. See, even David Mamet's a little like overdone. Oh, uh, well, who am I thinking of? Who, uh, who is the director of The Player? The, the player. Help me out here. I think that was. Uh, to look that up. Was that David Lynch? Uh, no, 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 not no. David Lynch. It's uh, uh, what's his name? Fuck, fuck. Here we me. go. Just God. Give me stall, vamp. I can't. 
I can't. I'm frozen. It's like a deer in headlights. I can't do it, Joel. I can't do it, Mom. I just can't. And yet you're doing it. What does your heart tell you? <laughs> wow. The series has... The series... The player has seven directors? Yeah, yeah. But you're thinking of... No, I'm thinking of the... Not the... Uh, you're thinking of... Think of the movie. God damn it. I can't remember. The Tim Robbins movie. Yeah, we'll cut yeah, this part I out. I can't remember. No, we're not going to cut it out. We're real. 1992, Raw. Tim Robbins. Boom. Robert Altman. Robert Altman. That's who I'm That's thinking That's what of. I said. He likes to do that same thing. <laughs> and edit. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Robert Altman directed the player, clearly, as we all know. He likes to do that, too, where his characters are talking about So that's what turned you off on this movie? No, no, it's just it was exhausting, Joe. Because and and you're comparing it to ET. ET had moments of of silence, of uh-huh. of, of in, introspection. This one did too, and emotion. This one did too. But the, but for the most part, it's like ah, la, 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 kids screaming, and then oh, something adventurous happens, and then oh, on to the next thing. And yeah. e- even in the quiet moments where they're or not quiet moments, in the moments where they're they're talking and they're trying to further the plot, there's just a lot of I, I don't know, man. It was it was tiring for me. Really? Yeah. Wow. Because to me, like that's some of the stuff I love is the way that they captured the energy, the way that they they took like almost this was almost like the little rascals. Yes. With a little more dirt on them, you know, there. And and I liked it. I liked the relationship that Sean Astin and uh, what's his name? Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin. Mm-hmm. I love the relationship they had as brothers. Yeah. Um, I think that I, I, I really love that they would be rough with one another. Mm-hmm. But then like Josh Brolin would be like. I'm sorry, buddy. And there's like, you know, like there's, there's scenes. Where, there's like a scene where they're hanging around their house, and like uh, uh-huh. he's he's just like laying on his lap. Like Josh Brolin's yeah. sitting on a chair, and Mikey comes and just kind of plops down on his lap. Like, yeah. there's a lot of PDA amongst these, but these it's small boys. But it's kind of real. I felt absolutely. Like. Yeah, dude. There's a shot where uh, and it's so adorable. Like Mikey and and Data, uh, or is it? Yeah, Data, right? Yeah, Data. They're just chilling out in his in his uh, uh, kitchen, and if you look closely, they're holding hands. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. <laughs> They're holding hands. I'll put it on the Facebook page. That's and so it's funny. Kind of adorable. Not in like a uh, and nobody. I don't think anybody directed them to do that. You just kind of felt like all these kids were having fun they, on set. And they they ended they up very becoming close. buddies. Yeah, they ended up becoming friends, and that was them fucking around on set yeah. or just you know they're just best friends. I agree. Uh, and, and and I got to give kudos to the director because Richard it is, Donner, man, it is hard to keep that energy up even with adults. But then this, you just have to imagine that there's like, like con- you had to at some point like bring them down. Uh-huh. Um, it had to be exhausting yes. to work on this film. And well, I think it's exhausting to watch. It speaks volumes to the skill and the patience of Richard Donner to have put this movie together, to, to have worked with these kids. Oh, I would never do this. And the thing is, like, I consumed almost everything that had to do with this movie. Uh, when it first oh, yeah. came out on DVD, I listened to like the commentary track and stuff oh, with everybody. Yeah? And it's so amazing to see like the relationship that the, that they still have with Richard Donner. Aww. That he still loves all these kids like, like they're his own. Aww. And they still have this reverence and respect for him. However, there is a little bit of... Uh, maybe I'm fine. I'm looking for something that isn't actually there. But it seems like there's some hostility between Sean Astin and Corey Feldman. Oh, interesting. And I feel like because Corey Feldman was already kind of an established child actor uh-huh. when The Goonies came out, and Sean Astin is the child of Patty Duke and John Astin, Yo. so you know he's going to have some kind of you know ego going. My on. dad too. I oh, felt, you're putting the blame on Sean. Astin? I felt like I'm not putting the bl- I'm putting the blame on both of them. I feel like there was maybe a contentious relationship between the two of them. Interesting. And I think it's carried over throughout the years because even in the commentary tracks, yes. like. There's a little hostility there. And in fact, halfway through the movie, Sean Astin leaves the commentary track. Like he's just they don't say anything. He doesn't do anything. It's just that 
he's just not there anymore. Oh. And at one point, Corey Feldman like starts talking shit about oh, like shit. they're like, "Where'd Sean go?" And he's like, had "To go make his Hobbit movie or whatever." Uh, like making fun okay. of it. See, and, so, and I'm like, "That fucking Hobbit movie went on to make fucking film yeah. history." So you, uh, knowing what we know now about them as adults, uh, I'm gonna solely put the blame on uh, Corey Feldman. Yeah, for that. You don't think uh, Sean Astin seems like he'd be difficult to work with? I th- uh, what do you mean by difficult? I think he's passionate. I think he has opinions. I think he wants to. Uh, um, do the best. Uh, every film. What, what was the one we saw? Where the, it was like the schoolboys, and they get yeah. taken over by terrorists. Yes. And, uh, toy soldiers. Toy soldiers. Not small soldiers. Exactly. Um, Another movie where men are maybe <laughs> standing a little too close to one another and in their underwear. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah. But um, no, I, I I respect him. I, I think he's got a lot of heart, and I just think he wants to do a good job. Uh-huh. Corey Feldman just seems like a fucking dick. Yeah. Yeah. Like who who could. How many times do you suppose they had to like stop and be like, Corey, Corey, focus, pay attention. We're uh-huh. filming now. Stop. Little, Say your lines. Little riddling kid. Where are you? Yeah, yes. exactly. Uh, <laughs> Put down that Coke. There's, you could do a line after this take. In the, oh, that's that Coke. <laughs> well, because he had his whole like, I hung out with Michael Jackson. And oh, yeah. All that shit. Um, no, that's. I think that's interesting. And I, I, would, I would love for there to be like a tell-all novel. And then there might be. Corey Feldman, I'm sure, has written some autobiography. I would love to see, like, if in that time, like, there hmm. was there was some some static between the two of them. I didn't think it appeared on film. I thought they all seemed like they were friends, and maybe we just didn't see as many scenes with the two of them together. Yeah. And that was intentional. Yeah. Well, I but, mean, we. Uh, I think one of the few scenes is like when Mouth is putting his tongue through the painting. Yeah. He's like, "Give me a kiss," and he like <laughs> rips the painting off him. He's like, "You're ruining my joke." <laughs> I don't know how you can come back to this movie and still not appreciate it and still not enjoy it. Listen, I appreciate it, and and. I did enjoy it, but about as much as I thought I was going to, because like I said, it, it feels like it's for kids, because it's it's playing into all of the fantasies you had as a nine-year-old, right? Uh-huh. Like, you want to go and on so an adventure. So that's wrong in this respect, but like, for 8mm, or is that what it was Super called? Super 8. Super Totally different movie. No, I love Super 8. No, but no I'm talking about 8mm. <laughs> oh my god, 8mm. It's a completely different movie. With uh, Nicolas Cage watching yes. snuff films. <laughs> yeah, that is not... Do not do not accidentally <laughs> rent one. Don't, don't bring... Don't bring... Don't get 8mm thinking it's Super 8. <laughs> wow, this movie's not funny at all. <laughs> Where are the kids? Where, where's the aliens? I thought there were aliens in this movie. Uh, no, the... Uh, but Super 8 is like that, that kind of thing, that escapism, that... Absolutely, and but kids going on adventure. No, and and, and you're and I, and and I you love seem that to film. love that movie. I do, but because it's, I feel like that is for adults. That's a film about you know a, a kid is uh, going through some loss. He's lost his mother. So would you um, say that maybe we aren't really qualified to talk about this movie? In fuck that. Sense? No, because if it's a, <laughs> <laughs> listen, it, it, there are films that are for children of all ages, as they say. Any of the Pixar movies, most yes. of the Pixar movies, I guess I should uh-huh. say. Um, but Wild Orchid. <laughs> Where did that come from? I don't know. Um, actual sex being uh, <laughs> yes, yes. HBO's between. actual sex. <laughs> That's real sex. Um, it's totally real. No, I I think Super Eight can be enjoyed by adults. Uh, I think Goonies like had its time. Uh, okay, so as an adult, you didn't enjoy like mouth mistranslating everything to Rosalita. That felt a little... Well, first of all, totally <laughs> implausible and unbelievable, right? So the, uh, Mikey's mother comes home, right? Mrs. Uh-huh. What, are, what are their last Walsh. names? They are the Walshes. Uh-huh. Mrs. Walsh comes home, and uh, she's telling the story because they're getting ready to move. They're being, you know, their house is being... We haven't even summarized this movie. I mean, Do we need to? No, people have... Everybody has seen The Goonies. Everybody's seen The Goonies. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so 
you may not remember, she brings home Rosalita and she's telling the kids, oh, this is Rosalita. Like they had just met that day, uh-huh. right? Yeah. We found her. She's going to help us out uh, with, with the move. First of all, if you're looking for somebody to like pack boxes and move furniture, you're not going to get like a 60-year-old Mexican woman <laughs> who doesn't speak your language. She like, wasn't 60. From the... Uh, well, she, was, she was probably... She wasn't her, 16, Joe. She was probably in her like late 30s. Uh, no. Well, if so, she was road hard and put up wet. Well... She had some years underneath. Is that a racial thing? That she's... No. <laughs> but uh, whatever sure, her age is, she is not the person you hire, and especially when she doesn't speak the language, how she even... Uh, proposed this job offer to her without speaking the language is well, beyond she me. she may have gone to the day labor center. I guess so. You mean the, the Home Depot parking lot? <laughs> oh, not not the men's room. <laughs> the Home Depot <laughs> men's room. It's a completely different story there. Anyway, so they, they bring her home and she's like, oh, um, hey, Mouth, you speak Spanish. What? <laughs> also, Mouth. Also, why did... Yeah, well, she calls him by his name like Charles or something, right? Yeah, I think Charles. so. Yeah. Um, come, come, come translate for me. <laughs> Uh, so they're going around. She's showing him the house, and he's he's telling her about cockroaches and sex dungeons. Yes, and <laughs> that's not for kids. No, it's again, it's for tweeners. Think of the mindset you were in about that age. Like we were cursing, we were talking about peepees and vvs. And <laughs> what the hell's a vv? Oh, you know. Listen, Joe. If I have to tell you, <laughs> you have a child for Christ's sake. A vv. Uh, I don't know, whatever we call it at the time. <laughs> I'm trying to be semi-clean for our oh, audience Oh, suddenly. Here. Okay, cool. All right. <laughs> the word makes some people uncomfortable. Vagina. Vagina. <laughs> you mean you mean you beaver? Mean, you mean coitus? Coitus? <laughs> That's a big Lebowski reference. Coming soon to an episode of The Editing Bay. No, but so, uh, yes, it's funny. That's it's funny. My robe. <laughs> Those scenes are... <laughs> The scenes with Rosalita are funny <laughs> if you're 13 years old and you think it's funny to fuck with adults who don't speak your language. Yeah. It seemed a little mean-spirited in retrospect. Uh-huh. Um, I, that's the type of humor that I was attracted to at that time. I, I, it, it didn't... I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm getting too cynical in my age, Joe, but yeah. uh, I wasn't as amused by that. Oh. Uh, I was, however, amused at them knocking the statue over <laughs> and, again, penis. knocking the penis off of it uh, and then putting it on upside down. You wouldn't down. see that in a movie now. No. No. Not, I don't think I don't certainly think not being it. handled by a child by several children as they're trying to place the I know. penis. If God put us like that, we'd all be pissed in our faces. <laughs> and I love the line where they're like, "You know, you got it upside down," and Chunk's like, "It looks all right to me." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what we're supposed to assume about Chunk then, <laughs> but uh, his his point. See, north, this apparently. movie's amazing. It's still amazing. Uh, is it? Yeah, I, I remember. Okay, well, who was your uh, who was of of the chilled? Uh, the chilled, the, the chillin', children, the chirins. Who was your favorites? Who did you you most want to be when you were a child? Do you I, remember? I don't know. I think I think when I was a kid, I wanted to be Mikey because he seemed like he was the leader He's of the these hero. kids. He's yeah, the hero. That he feels gets, about right for you. He gets the moments and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it feels <laughs> about right for a narcissist like you. I buy that. <laughs> <laughs> you want to be the, you want to be the leader. You want to be the top. You want the attention on you. I get it. Well, sure. Now. I kind of identify most with the Fratelli boys. Oh, really? I like Francis and Jake. Yeah, I love their relationship. They are fun. Robert Davy and Joey Pants. Oh, and wasn't that the name of the? So it was the Fratelli brothers at the beginning yeah. of Ghostbusters two in the courthouse. Isn't it the Fratelli brothers that oh, come back? I can't remember. I don't think it's it is. It's something like that. It's something like I don't think it's the Fratellis. I thought though. it might have been somebody. That would have been a Facebook. great tie-in. Well, uh, and for a second, I was like, wait a minute. I was making the connection. <laughs> 
It'd be cool if there were a little crossover there. Yeah. Spielberg had something to do with Ghostbusters, didn't he? I'm, I don't think he did. No, maybe not. I don't think he had anything to do I with Ghostbusters. I just assume he had everything to do with Because then film. it would have been about, like, you know, kids. Peter Venkman and, and Ray Stans, you know, obliterating the ghosts of Nazis and oh, war God. criminals. It's before his dark years. Could have been like, we could have saved one more. Well, I liked uh, Data. Data was always my my guy because he was inventing stuff. And, and he had that James Bond soundtrack. He did, man. <laughs> well, no, he straight up plays the James Bond theme in, oh, his, right. uh, in his, his tape player. As he uh, blaze. Uh, okay. <laughs> See, there's that's where I can go with you on this journey where it's like, okay, we don't need to scream all of our dialogue. And that kid, and I think that's just a product of... Kihoi Kwan or whatever his name yeah, was. Yeah, short round. Probably couldn't still speak. Oh, sure. English well, listen, how many well? languages did you speak at that age? One. So there you go. That's right. Yeah, he's he's got at least one up on you. Uh <laughs> yeah, there are points in that movie where I, I was like, man, we need subtitles turned on. Because I didn't get any I got like every third word of what he just said. Dude, oh dude, I need subtitles for the people that speak fucking English fluently. <laughs> like there's that part where they're giving Chunk a whole bunch of shit about like, sure you saw that chunk, whatever, you know, and remember that oh, time right. when you did this and remember that time. And apparently there's a they say something like, and remember that time you ate your weight in God's father Godfather's pizza or whatever. Mm. Like I didn't understand half the things this that they were saying. This is what I'm saying, because they're all talking over each other quickly and loudly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's some plot points that are only spoken and not shown uh-huh. that as a child, I just didn't flat out get. Yeah. I remember being really confused the first few times I saw it, like not being able to piece the puzzle together. Why are we in their attic all of a sudden? Why, why does he have a museum in his attic? In his attic. And well, because he talks get, about it, that his father's yeah, a curator. Yeah, but who knows what the fuck a curator is when you're 12 years old? And so you're saying that the movie's for children still? <laughs> Well, no, okay, all right, touche, but still, um, it. I, I think, I think what it does well. I'm going to defend this because I'm not giving this up. I think what it does well is it plays fatality. In- <laughs> Finish it. I think it it plays into the fantasies of of children of that age, right? Like I said, children of a certain age. You want to go to you want to go on adventure. You wa- you want to find a treasure map in your yes, in you your do, attic yes, and then follow it and get on your bike and go get on your bikes and ride. Uh huh. Um, and that doesn't carry over with you still in adulthood. No, it absolutely does. But I I just think the execution is. A little over the, it's all over the place for me. Uh-huh. It's a little uneven. Okay. Um, and yeah, because like if this is a children's movie, there are some dark things happening. Yes. And yet at the same time, there are never like nobody. There are some guns brandished, but never is one fired. And if it is, it's fi- the only time it's fired. It's when uh, Joey Pants fires it on the ground to then, to light the fire. Yeah, which is the most unlock the door. <laughs> Let go of the handle. So they're breaking unlock the door. They're breaking uh, Brother Fratelli out during the opening sequence where we introduced smoke. to all the characters. You really think I'd be stupid enough to? That's kill dark myself. too. Yeah, that's really dark too. Yeah. The, your opening scene of a uh, of a children's film uh-huh. is and, the uh, is Agent Johnson from Die Hard hanging body. from a jail cell. That's right. Is he? From, is that? Yeah. Oh, it's the Agent same Johnson. Guy. That's right. Special Agent Johnson. No relation. <laughs> Um, where was I going Stark, that? You were you were proving my point that this I'm isn't just a movie point. for children. Oh yeah, so that breakout scene. So like they break him out of the prison, and there's a bunch of cops running uh-huh. uh, at them. Yeah, and so what uh, Joey Pants has done is uh, created a barricade out of gasoline. Yeah, and then he fires his gun 
at that, you, you got to be a, a pretty good shot, by the way. Yeah. And what that, are the chances or you have to be, be Big night? John Stud jumping off of a motorcycle. Nah. <laughs> lighting it as it slides towards Fat Baldwin. That's true. In his but trash bag See, suit. that was admittedly a bad film, <laughs> referring back to Marlboro Man and the Harley Davidson or whatever it is. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> Strike that. Reverse it. <laughs> Um, but like, if you're a criminal, and if you're if you're got killing Smooth on your mind, mm-hmm, they've been struck by. <laughs> uh, like, you got a couple, bunch of cops there; their their firearms are drawn. Like, you don't shoot at the ground, and and that look, they should have should have totally jumped over that fire and continued the <laughs> like, chase, like the trash bag guys. Exa- yes, Just exactly. jump over the flaming motorcycle. <laughs> uh, but then, only that but then Joel, the movie sooner. would have been over. I know. I'm just they saying. Caught the Fratellis. I just thought it was odd that we see guns and we're threatening to put a child's hand in a blender, uh-huh. and they can't fire a gun at somebody. Boy, the times have changed. Boy, the times they are. Changing. But you know what? It's not like the cops were uh, portrayed in the best light in this movie. Yeah, where like Chunk calls the the policeman, and the dude's playing with his fishing lure or whatever, and he's like, "Is this Lawrence?" Oh, yeah. Lawrence, it's the same time as when you did this or when you did that. <laughs> like, I, I don't remember a time when police were so lenient with, like, kids calling and, like... Yeah. Like, you would still Abusing come... Abusing 911. It's almost like John McClane at the top of the building in Nakatomi Plaza. Right, yeah. And he's, he's she's like, sir, if this is a false alarm, you know, we, we'll send a unit out to arrest And he's like, come the fuck down here and arrest me. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like that's the same fucking thing that Chunk should have been like, all right, well, fuck you. Like, that's right. the easiest way. And I want to see that in a movie where kids trying to get, like, the cops and the cops don't believe him. Hmm, and he, he just straight up goes, fuck you in the ass, motherfucker. <laughs> like, and then the dude's, oh, okay, I don't here even I think, come. I don't think they would do that no. still. I think they're, they're too underpowered. I think you get um, prank calls like that all the time. Really? Yeah. To bring it to bring it down. Damn. To be real. To be real. For um, the band. For the band. <laughs> I, I just gotta I, I gotta give a quote here because we were watching it with uh, Jason and Andrea, uh-huh. our friends, our mutual friends, and uh, she had the line of the night, which I thought uh, was hilarious. I had to write it down, give her credit, but she said, uh, "This is like Indiana Jones handicapped kids edition." Because it's like they're going on an adventure, but it still has the frantic and all of the clues are like super obvious. And uh, it's the way the story is told. It's like, oh, we got to get through one obstacle and then get through the next. Like, uh-huh. it's just very... Okay, I see that. It doesn't seem a lot of cohesive. Cool. Yeah, well, it, it killed at the time. Trust me. <laughs> but this movie did not Obviously. so much the retelling. <laughs> no, I think it's it's funny. <laughs> I probably should have heard it <laughs> instead of secondhand. That's true. I shouldn't have set it up too much. You set it up way too much. Also, um, so... They spend most of this uh, of this film like in in a tunnel, right? Yes. That we get to from underneath the house. Yes. Uh, and everybody's the just they get cool. to it from underneath the uh, the restaurant, the seasonal restaurant right. that the Fratellis are hiding out in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the children happen to be following their their map or whatever, and they watch as a couple of people go into the restaurant, mm-hmm. and then they hear loud banging, and they never come back out. And Chunk's like, "Hey guys, let's get the fuck out of here." Mm-hmm. Points to Chunk, man. Dude, Chunk is fucking awesome. Chunk, I think, carries this film. Yeah. Because when you think about it, like, all the other kids, they have the other kids in the scenes with them. They get to act against. Yeah. Chunk is, aside from that first third... He's with the adults He's the with the adults, time. and he's... one of them doesn't even talk back. One of them <laughs> is, is an Oakland Raider. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it is John Matuzak. That's right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and 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 it shows in his acting abilities. Oh, slop! That's the other thing too. So, 
<laughs> seeing as how this film is like directed at kids, like I feel like Sloth was there to fulfill the the monster. We have to have a monster, yeah, an unknown monster we in sure this do. film. Yes, um, weird that it ended up being just like a a dude. A, a it's, their, it's their brother person. I know. Yeah, and then I guess we're supposed to believe that. Mama Fratelli just dropped him on his head a few a too few many times. times, and that's the way he looks. Well, I dropped it once, oh. maybe twice, maybe twice. <laughs> oh, I loved her in this. And Ramsey, yeah. she's so fucking good in this movie. She's hilarious. She's so fucking good in this movie. And like this came out a year, I think, or two years before. Throw Mama from Throw Mama, throw from, Mama the train. from the train, and she was also in Scrooged. She was she, in Scrooged. Yeah, that's she right. plays one of the one of the homeless women. She was nominated. Nominated. Nominated <laughs> for an Anatomy Accord. <laughs> Uh, she was she was she was nominated for an Oscar for a Throw Mama from the Train. Did she you know that? Insanely good in it. And then died the next year. Yeah, yeah. got thrown from the train. Oh, the train of life. <laughs> yes, she's in the, the mortal coil. Oh. She's in the caboose. It was like Snowpiercer with <laughs> yes. the dead people in the caboose or the food. Spoiler oh. alert! Whoa, I'm sorry. The movie's only like a decade old. What? No, Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer just came out like four years ago. Was it four or five years ago? Uh, maybe six. IMDb <laughs> to the rescue. <laughs> Snow. This is fun. This is the fun part of the of the podcast. Here, sir. 2013. Really? Only three yes. years ago? Why did you think it was so long? I thought it was so much. I thought it was a way older movie than mm. that. You're living dog years or something. I am. I'm living dog years. Um, okay, so I'm going to just, because I feel like you're dogging this movie, uh, and I don't appreciate it. <laughs> so, I'm just uh, providing an alternate perspective joke. What I love are some of the smaller touches of this movie. The the fact that like the kids take off. like They end up getting Bran. He's supposed to watch the boys while mom's getting ready for the move or whatever. And he's like, I don't want to go on any stupid adventures, Mikey. Uh, I just want to fucking be able to do my weight training <laughs> or whatever and uh, and do whatever. He's just as pissed. He can't. He doesn't have his driver's license. Andy's with another dude, so uh, so he wants to stay home. So they end up tying him down to the couch, and and they leave. And that's like Rosalita comes back. And yes. He's like trying to get her to help him. She's just like ah, ha, 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 like <laughs> laughing as she's kicking the groceries into the other room. Fun touches like that. When they leave and they take all the air out of the tires of his bike. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The fact that, like, they're like, what are you doing? It took him, like, 12 lawn mowing jobs to do that. It's his favorite thing in the world. Well, now it's flattest thing in the world. Like, really, this wasn't something that, like, an air pump could have fixed? Yeah, exactly. We could, instead, he steals the bike from Data's little sister. Yeah, yeah. And, like, starts riding off. And I love the little girls, like, stomping, my bike, my bike. Yeah, my it's, bike. like, the worst extra. Act. I mean, she's, like, six years old, too. But uh, I think it's amazing. Like, it's, I thought it was funny, funny as shit. Except that, like, she immediately turns around and isn't even facing him. No. Like she's she's looking for mama, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. It's unbelievable. But uh, that that's goes in line with the rest of this film, in my opinion. One of the small details that, to this day, mm-hmm. still confounds me is when they're shaking all the pipes. They're underground. They're like, hey, these are <laughs> pipes that we could do. Da, 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 da. Okay. And we, can, and we could shake these. Maybe we could find out we can get some help. And they start shaking the shit out of these pipes. Yes. I don't know what time this is, where they are, uh-huh. but it seems to be when everyone's doing shit in a bathroom or somewhere near a sink. There's a shower. There's a shower. Mm-hmm. But Troy, the douchebag in this movie, mm-hmm. is sitting on the toilet yep. and like gets thrown up into the ceiling and then back, but he's wearing underwear. Yeah, well, yes, of course. He's sitting on the toilet. They couldn't risk wearing underwear. The chance that we would see some pee-pee. But you got to understand what this does to a, to a young child. Uh-oh. Like... 
You thought you've been doing it wrong the whole time? Well, it's not that I thought I've been doing it wrong the whole time. <laughs> it made me wonder if there was a different way that Ooh. people did it. Oh, yeah. And I was curious why this guy was sitting on the toilet oh, with Jesus. his underwear on. Please don't tell me you tried this. No, I never okay. tried it. But it just it's one of those things. It's like, what the fuck? Like, there has to be a better way. Like if 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 you're there, seeing there if you're seeing shit if you're seeing dick, then stage a different stunt Listen, or, or film it from a different angle. I think the way you're filming it is crappy because you're sitting there and you're like that guy's wearing his fucking underwear on well, the toilet. Also, is he shitting in his pants? <laughs> I think that's the least of uh, the inaccuracies because like no, as that he's is, that is the greatest as he's projected into the ceiling, <laughs> like you can clearly see the hydraulic pipe. That they try to hide with water, like that's <laughs> yes. lifting him up. It was like, man, you're not you're not fooling anybody. Also, I think the film is sped up a little bit, right? Oh yeah, it absolutely effect. is. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, see, water I never and thought they physics. were trying to hide the hydraulic pipe. I thought that was just the pipe from the toilet oh, that was lifting him up. They can lift a human person. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I mean, why not? Apparently, <laughs> when when sloth stops the pipes from shaking. It like, everything goes back everything into place, goes back right? To place, and we hear a car, <laughs> a car crash, yeah, a cat. That's kind of one of my favorite scenes. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Somebody they just killed somebody when Chunk, by doing that. He's like, "Yep, Mikey's been through here." That is kind of funny. Everything's <laughs> fucked up, um, but yeah, like at a certain point, like the, some of the water pipes burst open, and like they're somebody's washing their hands in it, and I'm like, "Hey, remember that time a group of kids just contaminated the drinking <laughs> supply of an entire small town?" Yes, but. Um, Seemed implausible as well. What are you doing at the bottom of a well? <laughs> oh, Troy. Troy. Let's. Um, the guy who's everywhere in the town within like a 20 minute span. That's he's, true. He's everywhere. Yeah, he's taking a shit. He's driving his car. Yeah, he's hanging out with his buddies. Yeah, it was, hey, 9, 9 p.m., <laughs> time to hang out by the wishing well <laughs> on a Friday night. Out by the wishing well. <laughs> you never know. Maybe our wish will come true today. <laughs> yeah. But it doesn't. It almost did, though. It almost did. He got a sweater. You know what? I would almost say I think his wish was answered because he was saved from having to hear Andy anymore. Aww. Dude, Andy is literally the worst. Is she the worst? In this film. I I, I remember thinking she was cute. I love the look. I love the oversized Letterman jacket. So the sweater that she's, she's wearing. She's doing full-on Luke Skywalker in this movie. <laughs> How so? She's just whining. She's constantly yes, whining. And yes. She's got uh, like a high-pitched... Yeah, I mean, that type of direction worked for the little kids, but, like, when you're, like, a, a, a teenager in high school, like, yeah. you grow out of that. And at one point, like, she's just incoherently babbling about her body, like, what about my body? You think my body's sexy, right? Like, to, do you remember that? <laughs> yes. Because she's so I've pissed off by. over Troy. Instead, and and uh, Brand's like, you've got a great body, <laughs> I which I think is funny, though. I think that's more of a buildup for him. Uh, because his delivery fucking sells that moment. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think that's thrown in there. Again, you say that this movie is solely for kids. I think a, mo a moment Tweens. like that, I think a moment like that where it's like, I'm too young to die. I mean, I've got a great body, don't I? I've got a beautiful body. And it, I think that's something that Richard Donner threw in for the adults. That it's like, look at this child. Look at this young girl acting. Look at this face. Isn't it neat? neat. <laughs> <laughs> uh I don't know where to go from that. But, but the way she's behaving, she's behaving like a Willie Scott in Indiana yes. Jones and the Temple of Doom. Very much so. And I think that's like a wink to the adults. It's something that the adults can enjoy. Like, <laughs> yeah, she's she's kind of losing her shit. I that's got no funny. problem with what she's saying or or, or um, why she's saying it, but it's more how she's saying it. I just I found her wholly annoying in this film. And Carrie I didn't Ann, remember that. Carrie Ann Green was like a queen of 80s cinema at that time. Like, if you couldn't get Molly Ringwald, she was your second choice well, for Redheads. That's why. Um, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, she was in Lucas. 
It's oh, was she? With Charlie Sheen oh, and she? the other Corey. She's the, uh, is she the, the love interest? Yes, ah, she sure is. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Uh-huh, and I'm sure she was in something with Ralph Macchio. <laughs> <laughs> it just it just seems like it would fit. Karate Kid 4. Yeah, uh, but but no, Carrie Ann Green was all over the place. But I, I, I guess I could go with you on that. Yeah. I, I think of the kids, of the Goonies, Andy was, no, I can't. Because she <laughs> had the her. moment with the piano. Okay, yeah, that is fun. You know, she, she's, she's given something to do. Exactly. I think the only one that doesn't have anything to do is Steph. Yeah, she's there to be the best Mar- friend. Martha Plimpton. And to be a, a, a love interest she, for Mouth? For Mouth. She's like shaggy. Does anybody think that's weird that like the 16-year-old high schooler has the hots for like a 12-year-old <laughs> annoying child who's always combing his hair? He's probably 13. Oh, 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 well, that changes everything. 13 or 14. I, I, I take back what I said. You know, hmm. your, your looks are kind of pretty. <laughs> when your face isn't screwing it up. <laughs> that is a fun line. I do like that line. I, yeah, I think you should put that in your vows. <laughs> <laughs> I better uh, reference it. Let her know that these aren't my words. These are the words of, of one mouth. Corey Feldman. Of mouth. From 1985. The words from of the mouth. word of mouth. <laughs> word of mouth says. From the mouth of mouth. <laughs> uh, oh, I love that Jeff Goldblum film. <laughs> Wait, is he in that? Mouth of Madness? Sh- Je- no, that's Sam Oh, no. Neil. It's Sam Neill. It's the other it's Jurassic, the other Park, Jurassic guy. Park actor. I, com- I confuse them in my head. Yeah, dude, that scene, um, well, or, or like the middle of this film, uh, everybody's fucking working their shit out. Yeah. Like everybody all of a sudden has thing, things that they're grappling with in their well, personal Well, Joel, they lives. are all grappling with something. They're all having to move. They're being forced out, Not too. Not all of them. They're just fucking Mikey and uh, what's his and name? Brand yeah. and, and Mouth. Uh, is he moving too? Data has to leave. Who? What? No. Why? Yeah, I, because of the property. They're foreclosing on all the property. No, I got where the they, impression it was just the, the one house, the Goondocks. That's where they all live. The, so that whole property is being foreclosed on. I never got the impression that they were all being forced to. There'll move. be no signing today Rip. or Rip. any other day. Yeah. <laughs> that father goes from zero to sixty. First of all, we he's, only see him twice. Twice, where he's. He, <laughs> Like, I he's taking who the he flag was. from the library. And he's, ha, ha, hi, Mikey. <laughs> I'd forgotten who he was by the time he came back. Stephen King. Well, okay, well, if they're all uh, um, uh, at the risk of foreclosure, then why is he the only one who signs the papers? Does he have? Does he own the land? I don't know. I thought it was. I had never got the impression. A, Joel, stop ruining my. No, fantasy see, this is the problem. This all is, of them that are in it together. This is the problem that they never uh, like flesh out the story. Why, why? Why do all these things happen? It's 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 really doesn't a coincidence. she even say she's like I'm going home? Why is there? And he says something like, "Well, what about tomorrow when there's no home to go back to?" Doesn't he say something like yeah, that he down does in the say world? Something like that. Yeah. All right. See, my, <laughs> The fact that it's totally ambiguous is an issue. Oh, no, I agree with you. I'm just saying, though, that there is enough evidence in the script that, like, okay, we could draw that conclusion. You might be onto something, then. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. If you want to talk about stuff that's missing from this movie, Uh it's like near the very end when they uh, they end up getting out. We're glossing all over everything here. But at the very end, they're on the beach, and they're talking to the press. The press just shows up. Thank you. Because some kids that were gone overnight (laughs) have been found. Is it even overnight? Like, how long were they in there? They They were gone for, like, four hours. That's what it seems like. And yet, 
the sun is. I don't even know if the sun is set. This still feels like the, the same sun day. has set. No, the sun has set because it's nighttime when Troy and the guys are outside with the the well. That's right, and then it's morning the next morning yeah. when the, it's the next, they've been gone overnight. They've been gone. Right. For, so I mean, I understand. Like, hey, maybe you called the cops, but usually they'll tell you like yeah. they got to be gone for twenty four hours exactly. before we get. But the, the fucking full full press. The parents are there too, and yeah, like there's news like news helicopters. How how. It's them goobers. How slow of a news day is it? The goobers. And that's, by the way, little trivia, that's director Richard Donner on one of those uh, on one of those four-wheelers. And oh, says, really? It's them goobers. Oh, that's yeah. funny. Uh, so, yeah, no, they're talking to the press, though. Like, all the press have come out. <laughs> I know. Uh, and, and at one point, Data's like, the scariest part was the octopus. Yeah, and the pre- And the guy's like, that? the octopus? And the thing is, for years... I just kind of thought like, oh, he's making shit up. Like right. that's funny. He's making up stuff. He's adding the story. There was a fucking scene in this movie. That's right. With a fucking octopus. Have you seen pictures of it? I've watched the scene. It's on the the DVD. Oh, oh, you've seen the scene. Yeah. And the octopus looks awful. Fucking octopus looks terrible. <laughs> in fact, you can see the octopus if you haven't watched the scene. Mm-hmm. If you watch the two part Cindy Lauper Goonies are good enough video. <laughs> and why the fucking you? octopus footage is used and used in reverse a couple of times. Oh, interesting. In the course of that video. So what was the reason for like okay, so now we're getting into supernatural, right? Yeah. Or is it just a no, supernatural it's not I mean octopus isn't supernatural. I know, but, but giant octopi don't like just live in caves and attack small children. Do you right? know that for sure? I don't. <laughs> I have nothing to substantiate that claim. But no, right. But I agree with you. I tend to agree it's with you. Huge, that, like, it's huge if a I ca- recall. It's caved in. Like how did this thing get in there? Yeah. Uh I think I think they took it out because it's like this is one more this is like the Phantom Menace where it's like and then this happened and then this happened. There's enough going on That's in all this movie. This film is. There's enough going on in this movie Who? that like you don't need an octopus to add to the fucking peril. So you uh, alluded earlier to the um, the scene with the with the organ, the organ made of skulls and whatever. Yeah. And this this intricate like. It's there's a the, false floor, which, by the way, does not hold up to physics. Like, how is... I don't it know, doesn't. Any there's no happening. way. There's no way that floor should be held up. All of these traps and, and, and the But the it was design. nice of Spielberg to steal directly from this movie for uh, The Last uh, Crusade. Last Crusade, right, yeah. Uh, yeah. Jehovah spilled with an eye. <laughs> Latin alphabet. Jehovah starts with an eye. <laughs> um, so I really want to see somebody, like, find Han Solo's corpse and, like, take the cup of Christ and pour oh, some water on <laughs> Did you see that picture that it's Jason posted work. on Facebook? No. It's that, that classic, uh, it's the photo of the little boy dressed like Han Solo and his dogs dressed like oh, Chewbacca. I did. And like, it's them hanging out and they're hugging and then like somebody photoshopped Kylo Ren's mask on and the, the dog and a lightsaber going through the kid. <laughs> and the expression on the child's face still works. <laughs> it still works. We'll put that on the Facebook page, folks. Uh, I laughed so hard I almost shat. Uh-huh. It is so good. Um, what were we talking about? I don't remember. Oh, oh. So one-eyed Willie is the pirate that they've they're they're chasing the trail that, of. He's like Mikey's obsession. Yeah, probably because he's heard his father tell the story over and over again about so one-eyed many Willie. times that he's able to like repeat it in a monologue and tell like all the details. He's got the years down. Uh-huh. Like I, I don't buy first of all that he could remember all those details and then have a monologue. You've. Wow, don't you remember yeah. all the shit that you could remember when you were a kid? Yeah, like, I do. There were stories over and over again. Uh, yeah, but what happened that killed so the child that lived within you? Maybe this is this is a sad episode because maybe I'm I'm realizing I'm On all a very I'm special all editing. Bay. <laughs> yeah, Joel realized Joel has a midlife crisis <laughs> for all listeners to hear. Uh, maybe you shouldn't get married. Oh, <laughs> maybe that'll bring back the, the the fun. Bring back, bring back to us, bring back to us. <laughs> So no, what I really... no, no, <laughs> no. You will go to Bangkok Palace. Palace. 
Find si Balinga and to bring back to us. Bring back. <laughs> so. <laughs> I love that. Why does he do that? I don't know. So we're are we to believe then that that One-Eyed Willie and his gang of, of miscreant pirates are the ones that that designed uh, built and booby traps constructed yeah, all, all the booty traps booby traps that's what I said booby traps <laughs> what is, he, is it like uh, oh, Chris Tucker from the fifth element now oh yeah that's what I said come on come on booby traps booby traps uh, I think so yeah that Willie and his most trusted folks mm-hmm. set traps and stuff to keep people out here's the thing though you've got that Chester Copperpot guy Chester Copperpot Chester Copperpot <laughs> That's what I said. I said anybody comes like the Fatelli. Um, Your data sounds like Roger Rabbit. <laughs> uh, so Chester Copperpot ends up dying. Yes. In on. his search, I have the key to One-Eyed Willie. Mm-hmm. Meow, meow, meow. <laughs> uh, but they find him. What's left of him? But like, did he get killed by a trap? Yeah, that's. It's just like he because got he got lost trigger, underneath the home. They trigger the same trap, and it like lets loose all of the fucking blocks. But Chester Copperpot's smashed underneath a block too, right? Yeah. So I guess he there was only. Did someone reset the traps? Uh, somebody came back later. I find just it just left his corpse there. I, I I guess if I were to start throwing some criticisms down, it would have been nice to see like some pre-sprung traps. Like, right. oh shit, you know, this happened Somebody, to these guys. Mm-hmm. And maybe we run into some traps just like that later on, but we kind of Chekhov's gun a couple of these things. and it's see a good like, idea. Oh, hey, that, that was sprung. Because obviously somebody sh- would have tried to escape yeah. from One-Eyed Willie's ship. Well, Joe, though, the last thing this movie needs is another fucking Rube Goldberg machine because we <laughs> have so many. We have an unnecessary one at the beginning with the house. It's not unnecessary, though. Why is they it necessary? Do, they set it up at the house to, to basically foreshadow what's going to happen with the ship at the end. There's the Rube Goldberg device that's the trap, the final trap right. that like undoes the cave-in or whatever and lets the ship loose. I get it, but... Why does, again, why does somebody's home, the front entrance to their home... That I can't tell The only way to open it is by laying an egg and watching it go down. I mean, that's... (laughs) That is... I mean, you've got to have a chicken that's like constantly ready to lay an egg. Yeah, just drop it any minute. And I don't think it works like that, where a chicken just gets scared... No. And like egg. We've all been told that from cartoons, from Bugs Bunny cartoons. You just fire a gun. And the reason that's in the Bugs Bunny cartoons is like the egg... Like represents somebody shitting themselves. They're yeah, so scared. That's exactly. what that represents. But like, yeah, in the Goonies, I don't, I don't think we could do that. <laughs> How would that work? Like, if you were coming home with groceries and you had your hands full and you couldn't quite get to the, I think they come in through the garage. <laughs> that makes sense. You know, but stupid, but it Joel, does, stupid. Use but, your head. But you know, that does make me question these parents. Where I'm like, where, where are these parents? Why are they not parenting their children? Why are they right. not like? Uh, could you guys clean this shit up from the front yard? Yeah. Can you please get the fucking boot on the stick? <laughs> There's a fat kid with his shirt lifted up <laughs> over his head, making weird, ungodly like noises. Somebody send him away. That's what I want to see. I want to see the Goonies prequel, where it's like we see all this stuff set up, and we just see them getting yelled at by their parents constantly. <laughs> close the fucking door. Like, why do you people not close the fucking door? Don't go in the basement. Not don't the basement. go in the attic. the attic. Jesus, don't go in the attic. There's all kinds of expensive stuff up there. And I don't think they let the curator of a museum just keep shit in his house. No, that's not how it works. Hey, uh, Bob, we got some overfill. Uh, how about you take these priceless jewels and paintings 
that are one of a kind. Uh, just, just you know, just put them anywhere in a hey, dark, damp area. We've also got one of those electricity bulbs. Uh, just yeah. keep it on constantly in <laughs> your head. I love that too. Why is it powered up and plugged in? Yeah. Uh, all right, so. We haven't talked much about the Fratellis in this, though. No, let's do it, because they're fun. They're really fun. It's fun to see a family that abuses themselves and each other. The older I get, the more I love these characters, too. Yeah. Uh, I Joey think, Pants. I think Joey Pants, I think Robert Davey and Anne Ramsey, I think they all play like really fucking well with each other. And they must have had a blast working with the kid who played Chunk. Chunk. Uh, Chunk steals the show. Because he steals the show, they all seem to genuinely enjoy him. Uh, when when you're working, there's just there's just a way like actors. That what's what's the rule? Don't want to work with kids or animals or dogs. Yeah, yeah, and like fucking this this kid who played I can't remember is Jerry. Uh, I'll pull it up. Uh, Have you seen a picture of what he looks like? He looks nowadays? great now. Oh my god, he's an entertainment lawyer. Yes, that's right. Uh, he's not chunk anymore. He's not chunk anymore. You think you think he would have lost all that weight had he not starred in a very popular movie where he was called Chunk and, right. and was made fun of for his weight? Probably. I mean, what else has he done? Uh, Acting wise, I think that Jeff Cohen is Jeff the guy's Cohen. name. He did Scooby Doo in the Ghoul School. Okay. Uh, Perfect Harmony from 1991, uh, and the Making of Goonies. <laughs> That's it. And you know what? Yeah. He didn't need anything else. No. I bet. I bet you anything. That kid had like some smart parents. Mm-hmm. They invested his money for him. He's oh. probably still getting royalties oh, for that. He was in Child's Play. Oh wait, that's the TV show. And also, she's the sheriff. She's the sheriff. Did a lot of TV. It looks like that, when he was a he kid. Did that, he did that paycheck, mm-hmm. <laughs> that paycheck yep. TV show. Family ties. Oh, what would we do, baby? Amazing stories. He was in Amazing Stories. Of course, he was. This a Spielberg joint. Which one, though? I don't know. Oh, I loved that. It one. was probably one of the Amazing Stories. Oh, they're all amazing, though. <laughs> I love that show. Yeah, Jeff Cohen. Cool. Good on him. Good on him. So, Trump. so the Fratellis. Oh yeah, sorry. I don't know what the end game was for them. <laughs> like, what exactly was the end game? So they break out. Step one: break out your brother from prison. All right. And step two: don't kill enter anybody with a your gun. Side race in your RV. Yes. Or ORV. Yes. Bullet holes. Uh, then go to the seasonal restaurant. Yeah. Hide out. Where two guys were going in, mm-hmm. but then they say like those two guys were feds or something. Oh, yes. Yeah, you hear it. They overhear them talking as they're dragging the one body out to the van, right? Yeah. yeah something so like how that. did they track them down to that restaurant and not, mm-hmm. like, call backup? Mm-hmm. So then what was their plan from there? Were they just going to lay low and then, like, take off? It had nothing to do with a pirate ship no, or it chasing didn't. children. It had nothing to do with that. Why they feel like they need to go on this journey. I, I guess because the kids can ID them? Is that why they're trying no, to that's, find out where that, they are? That's fine. No, that's cool. I'm just curious what the end game was for them. I, like, I what if those kids hadn't come along? If you know, it was another week until it was time to foreclose on whatever, and the yeah. kids went on their adventure a week later. What were the Fratellis going to do? Continue their life of crime, their spree, their spree across the yeah. the Oregon area. Man. Mm. Uh, but I love the characters. Yeah. I love the relationship with them. I love when they start like chasing it and they, they get into the whole like, oh, there's some treasure. That's like, that's fucking, it's a doubloon. Ma, the balloon. Give me that. Is that a Cracker Jack toy? <laughs> uh, and so they go on this adventure, which I think is great. I think it's, it's what I wish Home Alone was. Mm. The relationship with like the Fratellis as opposed to the Sticky Bandits oh, or the really? Wet Bandits. Yeah. It's basically the same. How is it different? No. What? It's, it's not the same. All right. I, uh, how, do you, how could you... Uh, whatever. Agree I'm to not disagree. Even, I'm not even get, they're like sh- they're clumsy and they're they're oh my god they're oafish. The, they're, they fight with each other. They fight with each other, which is that. great. It's classic Three Stooges uh, chemistry, you know. And and I love when they're they're in that scene where 
Uh, they're they're trying to get across the log or whatever, and yeah. Data uses his slick shoes. And, and the testicular trauma. The testicular ensues. trauma mm-hmm. when they're on the boat, and they start to like take the kids. They're making them walk the plank or whatever, and sloth and chunks show up. And they start fighting with sloth. And they're like, <laughs> jump rope, jump, jump rope. Jump rope. Yeah. Jump rope, what? sloth. What? <laughs> and then they start arguing. You're like, remember remember when I wanted to take you to the zoo? I wanted to leave you there. But Francis, <laughs> Francis needed the money for his hairpiece. I don't wear a toupee. It's so funny. Like the, Just the relationship and the, the interactions between the two of them are joyous. I, I really love that. Although, uh, I was forever traumatized by uh, opera music because uh, every time Robert, Robert Davey. Dobby, Dobby, is it Dobby or Davey? Davey. Davey. Robert Davey. Starts uh, singing opera d- just randomly. Like when... Uh, Mama! Shunk yeah, <laughs> like runs out and he's like, hey, I have a fertility film. <laughs> I love it. I know where they What's are. What's going on, I can kid? ID him. And then yeah. the light... That's a great shot, dude. Yeah. That is an amazing shot. I agree. Well, yeah, there's, there's some moments of, of genius in here. Yep. Uh, what else? Uh, how, about I mean, that, how about that Cindy Lauper soundtrack? <laughs> how often do you see, like, like in Will Smith's Wild Wild West video, mm-hmm. was there a moment where he's sitting down watching TV and, like, and it comes on the, the Wild radio. Wild West song comes on? <laughs> no. It's shameless like, product placement. Like, they're straight up saying in the movie, the song is straight up saying... Goonies are good enough. Like yeah. it's it's saying that. Yeah, it's a little it's a little weird. It's a little uh, a little too a little meta. The a little wall. too meta. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I really don't know, man. I can't come down on this movie. I mean, this movie has some faults to it. Uh, there's some special effects. I mean, all practical, which is fun. Yeah. Until you get to that composite at the very end of the Ooh. ship. Oh, also, <laughs> as as the rocks are falling, the. Uh, as the um, the ship is and the whole thing is crumbling, yeah. we've got some some falling CG rocks that look right out of uh, 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 a Clash of the Titans, uh-huh. like yeah. the nineteen sixties version. Though that's that's true. Yeah. What did you think of the very end? When uh, okay, I have some thoughts. Okay, on the very end, I'll, I'll let you go ahead and take. What were your thoughts? Well, there, where I'm going to specifically, okay. uh, I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on with all the characters. I have a very this, specific this, thing. This, as this well. movie ends a lot like how it begins, where it's like. We see and set up each character in the world that they live in as the RV, the ORV, is driving through their particular moment. Right. And the end tries to kind of wrap it all up in a very similar sense where we kind of just kind of sweep along and everybody and every we wrap up every story. Yep. But there's one bit, and it's with Chunk and Sloth. Oh. And... Chunks like he looks at Sloth and they're watching the ship take off and they're yeah. watching the Fratellis are getting arrested. Yeah. There's we're, a silhouette of Sloth where he looks like Bert. Yeah. Bert and Ernie. He looks like Bert. Um, but we're watching like the Fratellis or whatever. Uh, and and like Sloth shows and they're like, oh, let's get. And, and the kids come up and they're like, no, he's not the bad guy. Right. They're the bad guys. And Sloth like lifts the cop up and it's like, oh, cool. Okay, as long as you're able to do that, that's fine. But that's not where I'm going. It's that Sloth is watching his family get arrested. He's right. like, hey. And like, Chunk looks at him and goes, you're going to live with me exactly. now. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? I don't think that you're equipped to take uh, care of this special needs monster. <laughs> going to get that signed off on with mom and dad first. Um, yeah, I don't think they did. I don't think it was like, hey, mom, dad, yeah. there's this special needs monster named Sloth <laughs> that needs... Or he's going to stay with us. Good news is he'll do anything for a baby Ruth, so it'll be easy to lure him and, and cajole him into doing whatever you want to. 
How do you think uh, the actual story goes with Sloth after that scene? <laughs> I think he gets put into like a home. I think that, yeah, the, the paddy wagon rolls up. Yeah, they and they're like, away. okay, we need to take Sloth Fratelli mm-hmm. with us. Which I'm, is that his legal name? Sloth Fratelli. Sloth Fratelli. Sloth J Fratelli. <laughs> take him. Uh, he's going to. He's going to be put in like a community center, like community. <laughs> right. Uh, whatever. An outreach. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, he doesn't stay with Chunk. No, no, not at all. Of that, course not. They're that not doesn't happen. Well, that's too bad. Uh, I feel like a bunch of like jewels. <laughs> no okay. one's been there to appraise these jewels. Okay, so it, they could be worth <laughs> millions. Could be worth ten bucks. Also, uh, follow me here. I I think that there's a scenario where they don't even come into play. The day doesn't even get saved. Because um, when we, when we roll up, so the, 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 all we have is left is the uh, the pouch, right? Yeah, they're in, they're in the pouch that now Rosalita has. Uh huh. How does Rosalita get it? They were in uh, Mikey's jacket. They're in his jacket. Okay, so he changed them out of his marbles. It was his marble bag. So we see the shot. Rosalita's got the jacket. She reaches in. Oh, what's this? Oh, it's a packet full of marbles. She pours them out in her hand. She sees there are a bunch of potentially uh, wealthy uh, or you know worth a lot jewels. Valuable. Right? Yeah. Now, I in my mind, if I'm Rosalita. I'm going to play this real close to the vest. <laughs> I'm not going to go, oh, no, my right. Dios mio. Because, yeah, you know, we did have the one guy who, like, victimized her. The exactly. Entire. All they know, they just, she just met them that day. She yeah. has no affinity for this family, especially because all she... No penniman! All she <laughs> all she knows is, you know, they're, they're a bunch of uh, sexually repressed, torturous yeah. uh, uh, miscreants. I love that in that scene, though, that mouth comes up and he's, like, trying to do, like, mental powers where he's, like, pinching his head. He's like... Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> so if I'm Rosalita, like, I'm going to put those quietly back in the bag, <laughs> slip it into my pocket. Oh, so sorry, mister, that you lost your home and everybody has to move. Wow. Next thing you know, hightail it to Mexico. What? Grab what? the family, live forever. Wow. Live forever? <laughs> was this Highlander? <laughs> Fame, actually. <laughs> she's going to live forever. Light up the sky like a flame. Oh, there you go. <laughs> okay, but baby, that's not what happened. I know, but, but I'm just saying still, there's no reason for her to to uh, open. Hey, hey, people who why I just are you, met. Why would you prefer that the, the minority play a villain in this <laughs> film? I'm, I'm, she wouldn't be a villain. She would just be doing what... Uh, uh, you know, some morally ambiguous. <laughs> Why would she be morally ambiguous? I, I, I'm not. Don't you think that speaks of her character that she's still. De- re- yes, she's a saint. Despite what she's been through, yes. she's still like, no. This I have to is do the, the right, right thing. thing. No, yeah, I agree. I'm just saying she didn't have to. Nobody would have ever known. My whole thing is Goonies we don't two. know how electric boogaloo. <laughs> Rosalita's escape. We don't know <laughs> Rosalita's escape. <laughs> I don't know. What is she like that uh, El Chapo? <laughs> <She's> like, <laughs> she makes her own tunnels. Tunneling, she tunnels. <laughs> she dusts. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she does. <laughs> so no, what I'm saying is, we don't even know how much these things are worth. We don't know how much these jewels are worth. Um, they could be toys, you know. And you talked about how like there aren't enough silent moments, like enough moments where the characters get to breathe. Mm-hmm. What about that moment with Mikey and he's in that room with all the dead pirates and stuff, and he's like, you know, that that moment of I've done this, yeah, I've achieved. He this. talks to uh, the the skull of uh, One Eyed Willie, which, by the way. I, I thought One-Eyed Willie... By the way, One-Eyed Willie. Bleh. I thought One-Eyed Willie maybe lost his eye. He's, you know, he's wearing that a he patch. he was born without one. It turns... Yeah, apparently that's a thing. Like, yeah. they, they show the shot of Mikey pulling his patch up. Just bone. Just bone. From socket to socket. 
And, and I like, don't think wow. that's how that happens. No, that's not how you <laughs> lose an eye. I don't think that's how it it's, works. You're, he wasn't even if born, you're born a cyclops. Even if you're born without an eye, I don't think that it just closes. It's just closed over. I, I, yeah, that's that. But that's what this movie would have us believe. Yeah, like he was. He never had two eyes. Uh, that is funny though that he does spend like a good four minutes like talking to a dead. Yeah, I did it. I did what you couldn't do. He's taunting, <laughs> and then like taunting the ghost of the pirate. He turns around and like there's all his buddies. Yep, and he's like, "How long have you guys been standing there?" And Brand's like. Long enough, mm-hmm. and I kind of felt like it should have been delivered a different way. Where Brand's looking at him like, "Long, Long enough, enough. Uh, <laughs> to realize." I think you need a nap, yes, <laughs> or some new friends, maybe <laughs> that are alive, <laughs> alive friends. You're right. I like that scene, and as much as we make fun of the uh, the wishes scene, you know, these are other people's wishes, and I'm taking them back. And the thing is, it's not a bad. The thing is, that comes off the. Oh my god. We have two scenes rapid fire that hit there. Okay. The, the dialogue. You've got the, it's our time. Our, our time, time down, down here. here. Up there, it's their time. Thanks, Grover which, which from happens, Sesame Street. It's like rapid fire with the, this is my dream, my wish. Oh, and it yeah. didn't come true. Yeah. So I'm taking it back. Taking, taking them, them all back. back. And then it just goes underwater. Like a, like a shark. Like a whale. Like a whale. <laughs> like an octopus. <laughs> Uh, yeah, though those come rapid fire, and the problem is with some of the delivery on that, it seems disingenuous. And and the thing is, we've spent thirty years quoting it, so it kind of loses a little bit of it. I yeah. mean, for the time, I think I felt it. At the I time. felt like those kind of heavy dialogue to give it a twelve-year-old boy. Um, well, his whole world's about to go into upheaval. That's right. Yeah, because he's going to lose his home. That's right. He's one of the many children in the Goondocks in Astoria. What are Goondocks? I don't. I think that's just. A, a nickname they gave. Mm, I've heard of the Boondocks. Yeah, I think it's just... And they're saints. It's just the Boondocks. <gasps> Goondock Saints. Goondock Saints. Dude. Holy shit, Mashup. Why haven't you we done this? To, you Dude. need to fucking do that. Wait, I'm cutting this part out of the podcast because we're cut, totally yes. going to do it. I want to yeah, keep just it. Bleep, just bleep it. <laughs> bleep it. But it's it's like Mikey and... Uh, Ma- no. Mike. It's Mouth and Chunk and they're grown up. They're the new Goondock Saints. <gasps> Holy shit. <laughs> Holy shit. Why would, wouldn't Data be one of them? Mm, yeah, that's true. Because he's kind of the gadget guy. That's, oh, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah the Goondock Saints. Oh, my God. That's fucking amazing. <laughs> Let's make this happen. That is fucking amazing. Uh, all right. So do you have any other notes on that? Like, I, I feel do. like we're not quite giving this movie, like, the... There's a lot to talk about. It's, the, it's, the reverence that it deserves. I think I think you did. And I, as much as I was shitting on it, I was just being the, the cynical uh, 40-something. You are being, being the Joe. That's right. Oh, yeah, yeah. A little role reversal here. Yes. Bad cop, good cop. Good cop, good cop. <laughs> terrorist, good hostage, cop, hostage, cop. terrorist. <laughs> a study in duality. That's from Die Hard. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you're, you're welcome. I haven't. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't have any other notes on this movie. Oh. I, I enjoy it. I think it's fun. I think it's got a great energy to it. Uh, it doesn't annoy me as much as it does you. But Will you show this to Harper when she becomes of age? Uh, that is a discussion that I'll have with Sarah because I do think that this is a movie that isn't just aimed at kids. I think it's aimed at adults mm. and so we'll have to have that discussion as to what age that is. Uh-huh. Uh, but absolutely, I would love to share this movie yeah. with her. Let I, w- her see I wonder what... how it plays to kids of, of this time of I, 2016. I, I feel like when she watches this movie, she's going to be like, why didn't one of them just pull out their fucking phone? Yeah, oh, that's the whole... Yes, absolutely. This all could have been solved with technology. If with GPS. Just, I'm just going to send my mom a pin of where we are and let her know everything's okay. <laughs> Instagramming. Or, <laughs> OMFG. One-Eyed Willie's pirate ship. Selfies. LOL. LOL. Uh, that's hilarious. Uh, all right, so... Yeah, oh, oh, and the premise is uh, they're going to catch Pokemon, and that's how they, yes, they come across yes. the secret layer. The, the Pokemon Gonies. Uh, oh! <gasps> 
Uh, that's horrible. Goondock Saints is better. <laughs> it is. It's way better. Joel, you win. Oh, thank you. You won this one. Yes. Do you have any other time. thoughts on this? I do not. Okay. What did the Goonies do right? It, 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 as much as I was shitting on it, it is still a fun kids film. I would show it to, uh, if, if, if I were to have my fictional children that I will never have, uh, I would show it to them because sure. it's fun and it's you get caught up in the excitement and the pacing and it's like, oh, there's... Uh, there's a treasure map or we're following it and we have to go through all these obstacles and there's monsters and there's uh-huh. Occupy and there's uh, a family that's out to kill us and it's a, it's a great adventure. Yeah, I, I agree. If uh, if The Goonies was a Harry Potter movie, it would be The go- uh, Goblet of Fire. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because there's all those different obstacles. I like that. I don't know why I went into the Harry Potter mode. You're but absolutely like, that's, right. That's, that's, yeah, absolutely right. Absolutely. It's <laughs> from Weird Science. Um, okay, what I think that The Goonies did right, I think that Richard Donner directing it. Interesting. I think putting him at the helm uh, was the best move that you could have made. He obviously knows how to work with kids, and he got good stuff out of these people that probably aren't the strongest performers in the world, mm-hmm. but he got good stuff. He Every one of these characters has some kind of quotable or memorable moment. Yeah. You know, you've got even when uh, Brand riding the, the little kid's bike yeah. and Troy makes him fly off uh, the side. Oh, that sucks. Basically attempts to murder Brand. I was Brand. just going to say that's attempted murder. Because <laughs> you don't know how far that cliff drops. No. Yeah. Uh, but I think that he gives every character, and, you know, you could say that this was in the writing as well, but it ultimately comes down to the director. He gives them each a moment to shine and he the way that he approached the creation of this film i think was that of a a, like a father in a way Mm. you know a father figure Uh, i don't know if you know the story about like the big pirate ship like that's an actual ship like that was a a a physical thing like no cg so and and they uh, they used parts of it in uh, Disney World afterwards. Oh, did it, they? Because they were renovating the Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, that's and so, cool. And, uh, they they were trying to give it away. They were like, anybody wants it, come get it. It's yours. <laughs> and uh, surprise, nobody wanted a fucking uh, a giant life size replica of a pirate ship. Uh, so apparently they were so proud of this prop, and they wanted the the reactions of the kids to be genuine. Yeah. That they made them when they were on that set after the water slide bit. They put them in this water, and they made them keep their backs to the ship. Ah. Uh. And then hit the camera they're like action and turned around and that was the first time those kids actually saw the boat that's cool yeah right I mean that's a a special kind of filmmaking that's that is a director trying to not only capture a genuine moment because you're dealing with kids who aren't the best actors in the world but that's also how fun is that as a director to have that patience because most directors would be like yeah that's fine that's the fucking ship now act like you're surprised to see it but he was like all right, let's this is gonna be fun this will be fun to you know and so to approach this film with that childlike joy and energy I think it's great. I think Richard Donner was the best thing that happened to this movie. Interesting. What did the Goonies do wrong? Uh, for me, it's just it's it's exhausting. It's hard to go back and watch. For me, uh, I just want I want there to be a little bit of quiet time. Uh-huh. I wish it were. I wish the pacing were a little more like uh, the Sandlot or the aforementioned Super Eight. I think that had some some nice moments. I not every scene can be five nine year olds talking over each other <laughs> yeah. at a at a decibel at an ear piercing volume. Uh-huh. And that just got a little gritty, got a little old. Sure. It's that's why I'm not having children. <laughs> wow. The Goonies is why I'm not having children, everybody. Okay. Uh interesting. What I thought that this movie did wrong was the uh I, I, I do think that some of the pacing is a little uneven in this film. Yeah. Uh especially when you're trying to split the time between the actual Goonies and Chunk, who's stuck with the Fratellis. Yeah. 
to have two plots going and you you need to have chunk you need to have some stakes there some reason for like the the kids to care about like the fratellis even though they don't know that chunks with them for the longest time uh, they just kind of leave him, and I don't like that. I don't like that they just kind of leave. Yeah, fucking like, Chunk. oh well, guess we lost him. Like as far as they know, guess he's Chunk, dead. Chunk is still stuck in a fucking freezer somewhere. Oh yeah, uh, like possibly dead. <laughs> but so I, I don't know. I don't, I'm not quite sure. I, I'm down with that with the two stories going concurrently, <laughs> and then suddenly it's just Chunk and Sloth. So now we've split it up even more. So there's three journeys going on at the same time. Um, yeah, the whole sloth thing you could you could get rid of you, unneeded. Well, but I understand why he's there. He's because ultimately there to kind of even up the odds. Yes, with the Fratellis at the very end. Adult who can fight off the other. Yes. Um, so for, in that respect, I'm okay with it. It's just a little unevenly paced. Uh, if we were to remake the Goonies now, Ooh. how would we do that? Well, Joel? Joe, I understand you have quite a recast there. Yeah, I recast like twelve. It's really hard to do children, man, because I'm not all up on my. <laughs> there are laws against that. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> I just don't know that I could have found that many children to recast. So I went with the adults only. Okay. But it sounds like you. Well, then you go ahead and go through your casting. Well, how about you do yours and then I've I'll punch it. in when I've I have a, mine. I've, I've got kind because of a theme. Because you have a theme I've got a theme going, going on. All right. Well, I did uh, I did Mama Fertelli. Uh-huh. Uh, and my recast is uh, Kathy Bates. Nice. Also old nice. crotchety. Nice. She, That's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, her sons will be, uh, since these are brothers... Uh, they will be played by Jeff Bridges and Jim Carrey. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> I thought you were gonna say like Jeff Bridges and Bo Bridges. No, uh, but <laughs> not actual brothers. But brothers from uh, Dumb and Dumber. Jim Carrey and Jeff Bridges playing Jeff, uh, Jeff Daniels. Lloyd. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Jeff I Bridges always do is that, dude. <laughs> I always do that. Lloyd and Harry from. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no wonder you were confused. I'm like, why aren't you getting this? Of course. Like Jeff Bridges. Because that's basically, you know, they're big. They're I got in. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're like bumbling and uh, they. That would be awesome. Pratt Falls. I'm down with that. And that's, then that's uh, great. I did recast uh, Sloth. And my Sloth is uh, Jason Siegel. Oh, nice. Because he's like tall, he's gangly. Like okay. If you, if you if you put a picture of them side by side and just picture Jason Segel with that soft makeup on, <laughs> baby, it would work. Roof. Especially yeah. when you can when you think of his uh, Andre the Giant impression. Yes. Uh, oh, there you go. What was it in Forgetting From, Sarah Marshall? Uh, no, in uh, I Love You, Man. Oh, I Love You, Man. That's yeah. right. Uh, all right. Well, Joel, if there's something that's kind of big right now, it's bringing back classic franchises. That's fact, true. There's a classic franchise called Ghostbusters that was brought back by Paul Feig. I know of it. Uh, and they went ahead and they kind of reversed everything and they made it females in oh. the lead roles. And so I've reversed the Goonies. Oh, the Goonettes. The, the, yeah, <laughs> the Goonettes, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> uh, all right, so because this is... Um, my favorite. This uh, is reversed. Movie candy, by the, game, by the way. <laughs> because this is reversed. Mm-hmm. Uh, first off, I'm going to start with the Fratellis. Okay, the Fratelli sisters. It's going to be, instead of Mama Fratelli, mm-hmm. it's going to be Papa Fratelli. I like it. I like played it. Played by Bobby Cannavale. Okay. He's in uh, Vinyl, the TV show Vinyl. Uh, so his uh, his daughters <laughs> will be uh, Francis. It'll still be Francis. Okay. Or Fran. Played by Maya Rudolph. Okay. Uh, and then uh, Jesse, played by Sarah Silverman. Okay. So that'll be our Fratelli sisters. All right, I'm trying to figure this out. Maya Rudolph and Sarah Silverman. Well, I'm just, there's nothing. It's just, oh, there's no theme. You're just, that's the theme is that it's Ah, reversed. Okay, gotcha. Uh, All right. So then the character of Troy, LaTroya. (laughs) (laughs) You're making up names now. Because, I mean, you need to stunt cast a movie like this. 
Throw Beyonce in there. <laughs> For some reason, Beyonce's getting Why is she mean? Because she's she's mean. What she's, if we do Rihanna? Rihanna's mean. We could do we could do Rihanna. I'll do my own recast. Like, oh my God. All right. So here we go. The Goonies. Andy. Mm-hmm. Who would be Andy? <laughs> it would be that's the male name too. Mm-hmm. Played by Spider Man's Tom Holland. Okay, like it. Steph, who would now be Steve. Steve. Played by X Men Apocalypse's Cody Smith McPhee. Which one to see? He played Nightcrawler. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Chunk, played by Ariel Winter. Whoa, that's too bad. Well, but well, you're I mean, right. She's kind of t- top heavy. Yeah, she's yeah. a little. Stop. <laughs> uh, Data would be, instead of an Asian, would uh-huh. be a Brit, played by Macy. Uh, what's it? Macy Williams is I can't remember her last name. Macy something from uh, Game of Thrones. She plays oh, yes. Arya Arya Stark. Got it. Oh, nice. Uh, all right. So Mouth, played by Haley Steinfeld. Oh, nice. Brad or Brand, who would now be Brenda, played by Sarah Highland, and then Mikey. Wait, who, who, who's Sarah Highland? Sarah Highland is the other daughter from uh, Modern Family. Oh, oh, yes. Yeah, that's and right. And then Mikey, known as Michaela in this version, uh. played by Ellie Fanning. Oh, she's great. And then finally, Sloth, played by Melissa McCarthy. <laughs> this whole thing directed by Paul Feig. Paul Feig, of yes. course. Oh, so. yeah, my director would have been uh, John Favreau. Just John good, Favreau. He's good uh, working with children. Yeah, Z- children's Zathura. Stories. That's right. Uh, okay. Never saw that. You should see it. It's actually a pretty decent little movie. Uh, well, of course. It's fucking John Favreau. Well, I don't know if we could say, of course, it's John what? Favreau. Why, when is, what's a bad movie that he's directed? Iron Man 2. No. Okay, touche. <laughs> Finish him. Uh, if, you've got, if you've got any thoughts about uh, the Goonies, what we've had to say about it, uh, our recasting, or how you would recast the Goonies, uh, you can always talk back to us on Facebook. In the search bar, put in the editing bay. You'll find that image of the woman with the bleeding eyes, and you can talk back to us there. If you've got an idea about a movie that you would like for us to watch in the future, mm-hmm. you can also give us your suggestions there, and we'll add it to the list. We've also got a website, right, Joel? We sure do. It's called editingbay.com. You can go there and find out all you want to know about the editing bay. You can see pictures of us. We've got a little page there with a link to all of our old shows. If you are uh, haven't subscribed in the last few years, you've... You've missed out uh, on some of the earlier episodes, uh, the ones that, that, that started it all. Uh-huh. Um, you can find them there. You can also find uh, links back to our Facebook page. A link also. to the past. A link to the Would past you say? and to the future. Um, back to the future. <laughs> uh, also, uh, a link to our, our Twitter handle. If you want to follow us on Twitter, it is at the editing bay. Uh-huh. We're still going to have our little ongoing contest or whoever's going to be the 100th follower on Twitter. We're going to give them a nice little surprise. We'll let you That's know what cool. it is. Uh, right now, we're uh, in, the, in the lower 90s, so it is quickly approaching. So follow us on Twitter at the editing bay. Yes. Uh, all right. So if you get us on your Apple device, you've got that podcasting app. We would love for you to go there and in the search function, put in the editing bay. That's going to bring up our podcast. We want you to leave us a uh, five-star rating and a review. It would be fantastic. Let us know what you like about the podcast or even some suggestions of things that you'd like us to do with this podcast. If you have any ideas, uh, we are all ears, eyes, noses, mouths, and uh, butts, butt cheeks. Uh, no, but seriously, leave us a five-star rating and review. We would appreciate that. If you don't have an Apple device, if you've got us on uh, on Android, you can use these apps called Podcast Addict or Podcast Republic. With those apps, you could search the iTunes library uh, and you can subscribe to the editing bay there. Um, okay, so this is going to lead into what my pick is for okay, next week. Okay, here we go. So we, uh, we went to this National Video Game Museum. Yes, we did. Uh, I'm so happy that you and Jenna decided to join us because yeah. uh, I know Sarah and I really wanted to go. 
And we were like, let's uh, let's see if Joel and Jenna feel like going again. Well, of course. And we can kind of make it a couple's thing, a group thing. And then you brought your brother, Lauren, mm-hmm. which was awesome uh, because <laughs> I think your brother's hilarious. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, he loved it, too. Um, and I had a hell of a time. Joel ended up beating the high score on Ms. Pac-Man. It wasn't hard. It wasn't my best game, Joe. But uh, (laughs) somebody had a paltry 85,000. I I, I joined up at 122,000. It's not my best score. No, no, nothing to scoff at. It'll do. It'll do. It'll do, do, pig. Uh, No, it was was super fun. And it got me thinking about movies that I... uh, I think that we should talk about on this podcast oh, movies yeah. that deserve a spot on this podcast. Movies that have to do with video games, in fact, <gasps> Joe, centered around video games. Joe, uh, I don't think I'm going where you think I'm going to go. Probably not, but it's video games. I don't care. Uh, I uh, I think it's about time that you and I watch a little movie, a little road trip movie, Ooh. also featuring some children. <laughs> We're gonna watch The Wizard. The Wizard <laughs> with Fred Savage, Fred Savage, and Christian Slater and Bo Bridges. Well, Christian Slater's in this? Yeah, Christian Slater plays Fred Savage's big brother. Oh, I forgot yeah. about that. Part. Send me an angel. Whoa. Songs in this movie. I had no but idea. Yeah, the Wizard. I don't think it's on any streaming services. No. I'm not sure. Yeah, you're, I think you're right. Because this has been on my list, and I've been looking for it for a while. Yeah, so I think it's time that uh, <laughs> that we, we watch The Wizard next week right wow. here on The Editing Bay. Jeff, thank you so much, sir. Thanks, guys. And uh, Joel, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure as well. And I've got a bunch of hungry people in my apartment now, yeah. so we got to get out of here. We'll catch you next week. Thanks. You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.